Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backyield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're talking all about the U.S.'s U-20 World Cup roster that was released earlier this week. What does the roster look like? Who are some of the names to watch, and what should we expect from the U.S. at this competition? Well, we'll talk about all that and more here on this episode. We'll get to it all in 10 minutes or less, because here at Backyield, that's just what we do. So, Let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, before we get to the roster, I want to lay the foundation for what this World Cup actually is. Now, it is a World Cup. It is not the World Cup. It's not the one that comes around every four years. U-20 World Cups on the men's side are held every two years, although the last one in 2021 was canceled due to COVID. This edition was supposed to be in Indonesia. It got moved to Argentina. It will be held from May 20th to June 11th. So it starts not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. The U.S. is in a group against Ecuador, Fiji, and Slovakia. They've got three group stage games. If you do well in your group, you move on to the knockout stages, and it's single elimination from there. In the past, the U.S. has had a lot of very good players, future national team stars, play at this tournament. Tyler Adams, Serginho Dest, Tim Weah, Josh Sargent, Chris Richards, Luca De La Torre, Cameron Carter-Vickers. That's just a handful of names who have represented the U.S. at the U-20 World Cup in the past. They've all become pretty impressive professionals, and they've all gone on to the Senior Men's World Cup. They were all there with the U.S. last winter. Now, one other thing before we get into the squad itself, I want to talk briefly about some players in art here. Brian Gutierrez, who's been starting for the Chicago Fire this year, we had a really in-depth piece on him. Go up on Backyield.com earlier this week. Creative, half-space, number 10 kind of guy. He's not with the team. Chris Brady, starting goalkeeper for the Chicago Fire, is not with this team either. Jalen Neal, starting center back for the LA Galaxy, is not with this team. None of those players were released by their clubs for this tournament, and clubs don't have to release their players for this competition because it is a youth competition. But it, it's, it's been fascinating to see which clubs are willing to bend, which clubs aren't willing to bend. The Union, Atlanta United were both willing to give up their U-20 players, even ones that are, are relatively key to their team, because they see this competition as a valuable step for these players as they develop, and even as a valuable development tool for the clubs to maybe get more return on their investment. Clubs see this as something that can increase value for players, or at least some clubs do. I don't, I don't know whether it's right or wrong for someone like the Chicago Fire to say, hey, Brian, Chris, you, we need you guys. Stay with us. We believe this is going to be the best thing for you. It's also going to be the best thing for us. Scouts are watching MLS. We know that because players are moving all the time. I don't know if that's the right outlook or if the union's outlook of saying like, hey, we're going to let these guys go. This is what we believe in. They're going to go play in this competition. It's good for them. It's good for their careers. We believe that this is worthwhile. I'm not sure which of those paths is right. Maybe there isn't a blanket, this is right all the time kind of outlook here. But I do think it's been fascinating to see coaches and and other folks from around MLS specifically come out and talk about whether or not they're going to be releasing these players and and sort of explain some of the reasoning as to why. So maybe you have more concrete thoughts about whether it's right or wrong to bring players along or to leave them at home. Either way, there is still a stacked group of talented young players that are going to be representing the U.S. at this competition. I'm not going to read the whole roster, but I'll highlight some key players at each position group. First, starting in the back, Gagas Lanina. 
He's the goalkeeper to watch at this competition, especially because Chris Brady, someone that he, he played with at Chicago, is not here. So Gaga Slanina is going to be starting. He moved from Chicago to Chelsea, is still with Chelsea right now. Maybe he'll get a loan or something like that next year. But he's the obvious go-to guy, someone with senior national team potential. Very much could be a starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team before long. It's kind of him and Matt Turner, in my view, as the top two guys ahead of the 2026 World Cup. Slanina is a real asset for the U.S. in this competition. In the defensive group, I've got my eyes specifically on a couple of different players. First is Caleb Wiley to see where he's used. The U.S. is pretty light on wingers in this particular competition, so we could see him higher up the field on the left side. We also could see him at left back. Wiley has become a reliable, if not dominant, force in Major League Soccer. He's somebody who can get up and down that left side, can provide a nice floor, a good baseline, both in terms of athletic ability and technical ability. Wiley could do well for himself and could drum up some interest from European scouts. He's already been getting some, though, certainly with Atlanta United. One other player who could start on the right side of the back line for the U.S. U-20s at this tournament is Justin Che, who moved from FC Dallas to Hoffenheim over in the Bundesliga. Has not been a major player for Hoffenheim since that move occurred, but he's a talented kid. Good on the ball, aggressive, good athlete. He's a player that I really like. Hasn't quite been able to find his rhythm just yet so far in a young career, but I'm glad Che's here. I think he can show a lot in this tournament and could do well to raise his stock. Moving into the midfield, there's a number of different players that I've got my eyes on in this particular position group. Jack McGlynn is certainly the biggest one. 19 years old, was one of the best passers in all of Major League Soccer last year, dotted up some folks in CCL earlier this year for the Union. He has maybe the best left foot of any American on the planet right now. He's that good on the ball. Now, because he plays for the Union, he doesn't always get a ton of chances to dictate the game. The Union want to press. They want to be aggressive. They want to play off second balls. They want to transition That's not McGlynn's game so much. He wants to take a second. He wants to be that metronome. He wants to break lines. He wants to turn his hips and disguise his passes to split and find players in between the lines higher up the field. He's excellent at all of those things. If the U.S. get a chance to have the ball for extended stretches, McGlynn is going to show out in this competition against Ecuador, against Fiji, and against Slovakia. Other midfielders that I'm watching a little bit more quickly here, Diego Luna has not really been a factor at all since moving and setting a USL to MLS transfer record last year when he went from El Paso to RSL. He's played like 90 minutes this year across every game, and he played like 300 minutes in MLS last year. It doesn't seem like Pablo Mastroeni thinks he's ready to help this this RSL team. I think that's fair in some ways, given some of the defensive issues that Luna has, but He's electric on the ball. He is so silky smooth, can create chances out of nothing. I think we're going to see some highlight real moments from Luna in this tournament. I'm really excited about that. I'll also be watching Nico Sakiras, who hasn't gotten an MLS minute so far this year due to an injury, but is very highly regarded, one of the younger players in this group, someone that certainly could factor in even at a future U20 World Cup, but is not. it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to get minutes this year either. Sakiras is a player to watch, very smooth, very technical, creative, a really good young player, Obed Vargas and Owen Wolf are the other two. Vargas has been impactful for Seattle in stretches, but doesn't get a ton of minutes because of how many other strong, more veteran players are in that midfield group up in Seattle. And Owen Wolf has started to get minutes this year for Austin. They're both raw-ish, still trying to figure out exactly how they can contribute in possession. But energetic, especially Wolf, but Vargas is a good interrupter. They're both very solid players who I think could provide good balance to the U.S. at this competition Moving into the attacking line, I said I wasn't going to read off every player, but I will read all the forwards as they're listed by U.S. Soccer. Cade Cowell, Kevin Paredes, Quinn Sullivan, and Darren Yappy. Cowell will be suspended for the first game against Ecuador. That's the U.S.'s first group stage game after a scuffle that he was involved in during qualifying for this competition. 
but he's going to be a starter for this group. You'd have to imagine when he's back and involved. One of the wings, I think, is going to belong to him. The other one could belong to Kevin Paredes, who won't join this U.S. group until after the group stage is done, should they make it that far. He's playing for Wolfsburg right now and has gotten some Bundesliga minutes this year Is a very talented left-footed player. Quinn Sullivan, we could see floating around sort of off the bench, finding spots in the attack. He can play centrally or shift a bit wider. And then Darren Yappy. I think he's the most obvious number nine pick in this entire squad. Someone who's just coming through now with the Colorado Rapids, has played about 500 minutes this year, is still finding himself, but moves really well. Good athlete, good baseline technical ability. Still ways to improve his game, but I think Yappy could benefit a ton from the exposure that comes from this competition. So that's my look at the U.S.'s roster for this U-20 World Cup. They should get out of the group, and they should be able to cause some problems for other teams in the knockout stages. What happens from there is anybody's guess. But man, it'll be fascinating to see which of these players show out and which players are involved with the senior men's national team going forward. That's it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. If you enjoyed, check out Backheeled.com and subscribe to support our independent American soccer coverage. We'll talk to you again very soon. Oh, 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 oh,